to the Cover Crop Strategies Podcast. I'm Sarah Hill, Associate Editor. What if you could do more in 2022? TerraSim by New Leaf Symbiotics utilizes the power of microbe technology to increase yield, improve nutrient uptake, and achieve stronger ROI, and is now available in convenient planter box application for corn and soybeans. To learn more and sign up for the 2022 risk-free satisfaction promise, visit newleafsim.com slash 2022. That's newleafsym.com backslash 2022. Today, I'd like to introduce Dan Smith, a Southwest Regional Specialist with the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Dan will be discussing cover crops and weed management. Welcome to the podcast, Dan. Thank you, Sarah. Happy to be here. To get us started, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I started in the current position I have now six years ago, and I work with farmers in southwest Wisconsin on nutrient management planning and special topics and pest management issues like managing water hemp, uh, managing other troublesome weeds, using cover crops to manage weeds. And then I draw extensively on my experience from my undergrad education at University of Wisconsin Platteville, where I majored in agronomy and agricultural business. And then I went on to grad school at UW-Madison for a master's in agroecology. Great. Well, let's go ahead and get started with today's topic. Talk about um, the ideal seeding rate for cover crops that are used for weed suppression. Yeah. So the seeding rate of the cover crop should be based on the goal of the cover crop. And that can be quite variable depending on how much biomass that you want to produce the next year. For weed suppression, we want the most amount of biomass that we can manage out in the field. So typically a bushel of winter rye, a bushel of oats, a bushel of barley or or triticale will do a really good job of suppressing weeds. Now, if we're managing weeds exclusively by a winter cereal grain cover crop, then we want at least three bushels of cover crop out in the field. That's to provide a really good mat, and that's where we could crimp and plant, say, soybeans into that heavy residue mat. Other cover crop species aren't going to do a great job of managing weeds, so the seeding rates aren't nearly as important um, of, say, many of our mixed components of our legumes, our brassica species. Well, that actually leads me to my next question, which was going to ask, um, are there certain cover crop species that are better for weed suppression than others? Absolutely. So our our winter cereal grain cover crops, winter rye, triticale, winter barley, those that are going to overwinter are going to do the best job at that. Um, We can use oats to help manage our weeds. Oats, of course, we don't have to terminate them the next spring. There's still a nice biomass mat in many cases out there in the field that we can use to prevent some of our winter annual weeds. But for our really troublesome summer annual weeds like water hemp, giant ragweed, our grass species, we really want that heavy, thick mat that a winter cereal provides. So how long then should cover crops be allowed to grow in the spring to help be effective uh, to suppress those weeds? As long as possible, depending on geographic location, crop rotation, and current field conditions, this could range from terminating the cover crop in late April and planting, say, corn, grain, or silage, or waiting through early June if we want to plant green um, with a typical corn planting date or plant soybeans green, we terminate those a little bit later after planting. Um, We see biomass accumulation dramatically increase the longer we wait in the month of May in Wisconsin 
to terminate those cover crops. So really try and hold off to at least May 15th. I've read that the, that some cover crops have an allelopathic effect when it comes to weeds. Can you explain a little bit more about that? Yeah, so allelopathy is best uh, summarized by thinking about it as a pre-emergent herbicide. It's going to prevent weeds from germinating um, through the soil surface. Allelopathy is most closely linked with winter rye, winter or cereal rye. I'll, I'll use the terms a little bit interchangeable, but I would typically refer to it as winter rye. And it's most effective, the allelopathy mechanism on small seeded broadleafs. There's a little bit of confusion and there's some really good work from our colleagues in Iowa on this topic concerning corn. Typically, the biggest concern with winter rye and corn is the amount of biomass that winter rye produces and the carbon and nitrogen penalty that's seen when rye breaks down. So it's not so much that allelopathic interaction because that allelopathy is focused on small seeded broadleafs like water hemp, common ragweed, common lamb's quarter, that type of thing. When growers are trying to decide which cover crop species to use, what, how do they factor in geography and soil type? What are the different uh, factors that play into that selection when you're talking about weed suppression? So I want to think about how much biomass is, is really realistic to accumulate on those different soils. I see a lot of producers that have sandy soils plant winter rye um, pretty much exclusively because that's going to do well in that low moisture environment. It's going to, of course, overwinter and provide some nice protection against wind erosion and help suppress weeds. Um, ge geographic concerns are a big um, thing to think about. Um, in southern portion of Wisconsin or, or farther south in the Midwest, we have a lot of flexibility of when we plant our cover crops in the fall in most, most cases. We could be thinking about seeding some of these species in mid-September. However, the farther north we go in, in the Midwest, in Wisconsin, Minnesota, the tougher it's going to be to get anything out of the ground by that timing. So we want to plant species that are going to overwinter in those cases exclusively. That way we can see those benefits the next year. For soil erosion, we of course, we want to see that cover crop growing out there on the landscape, especially on some of the challenging slopes we farm as early as possible. But often that's not realistic with crop harvest date. So as long as we can get a cover crop out there and expect it to germinate in the spring and do well in the spring, we can rely on it for weed management purposes. Talk a little bit about why growers should choose a cover crop that establishes quickly and why that timing of establishment uh, influences weed management. Yeah, so establishment timing is really important for weed management because we want the, amount, the most amount of biomass out in the field to act as a mulch, just as a mulch that we'd use in our gardens around our, our shrubs and our lawn um, to help smother out weeds that may be trying to germinate and prevent others from germinating altogether. Um, we really want that nice biomass coat that we can then plant into, um, and we can use our technology and our planners to help manage that residue to establish a crop reliably, but maintain a really nice mulch throughout the year. Um, cover crop growth is going to be very closely linked to growing degree units. The earlier we establish these, the more growth we can expect to see. Um, but there's a lot of growing degree units that are uncaptured in Wisconsin and the upper Midwest. And those growing degree units typically occur in mid to late October, all the way through November, because remember, our winter cereals are growing as long as the temperatures are above 40 degrees Fahrenheit. So it's really important to capture that. 
that's a pretty low threshold for temperature wise. When you're talking about cover crops that produce large amounts of biomass, rye, of course, is always one that comes to mind. What are some other good cover crop species that also produce large amounts of biomass to help with weed suppression? Yeah, annual ryegrass comes comes to mind um, when I think about that being interseeded or being established after um, a, a silage or grain crop. Um, you'd want to pick a species that's going to, or variety rather, that's going to overwinter, of course. But you can see tremendous amount of biomass out of annual ryegrass. I'm always a little bit hesitant with annual ryegrass. I've spent some work, um, some time working on annual ryegrass, and the best comparison I have is think about your lawn in the spring. You're often mowing much earlier than what we're thinking about planting some of our row crops. Um, and that's annual ryegrass is a very common species that we see in our lawns. Um, and it's very similar to the species that we have in our lawns as a cool season grass. So it's gonna take off very early in the spring, it's gonna green up and it's gonna quickly put on a lot of biomass. It's often cool in the spring and termination of annual ryegrass has to be done almost exclusively with um, glyphosate and glyphosate takes certain conditions to actually translocate in annual ryegrass and work perfectly. So it's a little bit more of a challenging cover crop, can provide some great weed management possibilities, and you can interseed annual ryegrass, which is pretty exciting as well. So have you found that a single cover crop species or a cover crop mix are more effective when it comes to weed suppression? I really like this question. It depends on when it's planted. If the mix is planted after a wheat crop or a vegetable crop, then we can see a lot of really good uses with that mix. Of course, we think about our brassica species getting quite large, producing a lot of above ground leafy biomass and below ground biomass at those seeding times. A lot of those species aren't going to overwinter, so we're going to have to worry about terminating those. Of course, that's going to struggle with our summer annuals the next year. However, for our um, some of our tougher to control weeds and no-till settings like dandelions, this is where these mixes are going to really thrive because they're going to help suppress some of those perennial and winter annual weeds like mare's tail. Um, so it depends on the seeding date. I like to see both used. If you're just getting started with using cover crops for weed management, stick with a single species seeded after your, after your soybean or corn harvest and allow that biomass to take off in the spring. If you're able to grow some small grains in your rotation, plant a diverse mix, allow it to manage some of those weeds in the fall for you and into the early spring. So talk a little bit about how cover crops can help growers with reducing that weed seed bank that's there in the soil. Part of a, a, a tool in the weed management toolbox and cover crops can help prevent any weeds from germinating um, and, and becoming a, a real agronomic concern. Um, through that mulch layer, through that allelopathic effect from winter rye. Um, so they're really good at preventing weeds from going to seed, which is really critical from increasing that weed seed bank. As far as reducing the weed seed bank, they're going to allow some to germinate and they're going to suppress some, but not as effective at reducing the weed seed bank um, as some of the other tools in the toolbox. We'll be right back to the podcast, but first I want to thank our sponsor. What if you could do more in 2022? TerraSym by New Leaf Symbiotics utilizes the power of microbe technology to increase yield, improve nutrient uptake, and achieve stronger ROI, and is now available 
in convenient planter box application for corn and soybeans. To learn more and sign up for the 2022 risk-free satisfaction promise, visit newleafsim.com slash 2022. That's newleafsym.com backslash 2022. And now back to the podcast. So costs of all inputs are going up these days, it seems like. How can using cover crops for weed suppression help growers save money on expensive herbicides? Yes. So cover crops can really pay for themselves here. There's been some studies done where it shows that adding a cover crop into your rotation is like adding another herbicide side of action. Really important in helping to control troublesome weeds like water hemp. Um, water hemp is so aggressive, has a long germination window all the way from um, late May, early June through even September in some parts of the upper Midwest. So having that rye biomass or the cover crop biomass out in the field is really helpful at preventing that from germinating and from going to seed. In addition, um, having that biomass out there is really effective at retaining moisture and preventing other weeds from germinating altogether. So we've seen many producers really refine their weed management strategy when they can incorporate a cover crop. I'd still recommend using a pre-emergent herbicide, but really think about refining that post-emergent strategy, depending on what's out in the field. Do some scouting. You'll really see some differences with that rye or um, cover crop biomass. Can cover crops work for weed suppression for conventional operations or even maybe organic operations? Absolutely. Um, Almost everything we talked about today applies for for both organic and conventional operations. What's really cool is seeing the tools that the organic producers use, particularly when crimping winter rye, being moved into the conventional setting. We have a lot to learn in conventional agriculture from organic agriculture when it comes to weed management. The, The best example of a tool that works for both operations is crimping um, winter rye at full enthesis. Full enthesis growth stage typically occurs around Memorial Day or a few days before or after. And this is when you can actually terminate winter rye with a roller crimper and plant a crop into that residue. So you're completely chemical free and relying on that rye biomass to control your weeds. I've seen some really exciting work from Dr. Aaron Silva's lab at the University of Wisconsin-Madison on this practice, I think there's a lot of farmers that should get excited about it. The reason why it's so exciting is it's so affordable. For about four to $5,000, you can purchase the equipment you need for this practice. Um, you think about a farm that's 1,000 or 2,000 acres and they're paying for a, a full herbicide program for soybeans, it's going to be much cheaper to use the rye into crimp um, for that soybean production. And they're seeing similar yields. So some really exciting stuff. With the roller crimper, I think it's one of the best kept secrets of cover cropping for weed suppression. Why does reducing or eliminating that fallow period by using cover crops, why does that result in fewer weeds overall for growers? Yeah, so it's all about protecting the soil and and keeping the soil shaded to not allow those weeds to capitalize on the same resources that the cover crops could be capitalizing on. So those Extra growing degree days at the end of the season, that extra moisture we get early spring are all really easy ways for weeds to become out of control. We think about our conventional operations that are doing some tillage 
and you go out in the field and do some scouting at planting time before we go out and field cultivate, you can see quite a few weeds are germinating at the time. Well, if you have that cover crop out there, you're going to be able to protect the soil and reduce the number of weeds that have germinated just by that shading effect um, by having that cover crop out there. So you see some tremendous differences between these fields and really eliminating that fallow period has many, many advantages. Trying to keep the soil covered and something green on the landscape year round has a lot of advantages um, for farmers. Earlier, we were talking a little bit about uh, why it's important for cover crops to be established early so they can achieve those large levels of biomass. When you look at the calendar, when should those covers be seeded to achieve those large amounts of biomass? Or should growers go by soil temperature? Or what factors should they consider when trying to determine the best timing? It's all about the species of the cover crop and the, the flexibility you have. Um, you could be frost seeding red clover to help suppress weeds and, and winter wheat. Um, that frost seeding would occur, say, typical years by the 20th of March. The 20th of March in many years, last couple of years, it actually be quite late. Or think about seeding after the small grains or vegetable crop harvest. What's really surprising is the last couple of years, we've had some wet fall conditions where we've done a lot of our cover crop research in Wisconsin. And we've seeded winter rye as late as late November and still had excellent weed suppression the next year because that winter rye came up much earlier than the weeds did capitalized on that great moisture and growing degree days we have in early April and throughout early May. And we had really good weed suppression. I've been really surprised by that work the last three years at how we can really push that system and make it work because we hear so many comments saying, well, I've harvested my grain in November. I just don't know if I can get a cover crop out there and it's going to do any good. As long as that cover crop can be established and we can get it germinated, we can have excellent weed suppression. The earlier you can plant that cover crop, the better for weed suppression. Okay. When termination happens at anthesis, when that cover crop is at anthesis, is that the most effective timing for that cover crop to be able to mitigate weeds or can cover crop termination occur at other times uh, in order to accommodate fitting in that planting window uh, for a cash crop and still be effective at mitigating weeds? I really like this question too, Sarah. The um, time that I would want to terminate uh, my cover crops would be at that full anthesis stage to capitalize on the most amount of biomass and capitalize on that free a quote unquote termination tool, the roller crimper um, for soybean production. Now for corn production, I would think about planting date and timing. However, I would adjust the system. I would think about maturity group. I would think about the entire system to holistically manage that cover crop for weed management. I see many times that we get a little bit anxious and we go out and terminate that cover crop when it only has say four to six inches of growth um, out in the field in the spring that's really not going to do a whole lot for weed management compared to waiting until, um, you know, two or three weeks later even can make a huge difference in doubling the amount of biomass that you have out in the field. So there's no single recommendation there. Um, I would recommend based on cropping system, but if you're in the corn system, hold off, think about planting green, 
think about holding off on terminating that rye if that will work in your system. For soybeans, wait as long as you can. That biomass is going to be a huge benefit in the system, especially for 30-inch soybeans, um, where we don't get that shaded environment nearly as early as we could um, with, say, a 15-inch soybean or with a soybean planted into cover grass. Terminating annual ryegrass, on the other hand, um, should be done when weather conditions are favorable for termination. Any termination using chemicals, we really have to wait till there's really good growing conditions, 50 degrees during the day, 40 degrees at night for at least three days prior to and post application of these products. Otherwise, we're not going to see the efficacy of control that we hope for. So do cover crops work well for weed suppression with just corn and soybeans? I know you've mentioned, we've talked a little bit about uh, vegetables and organics, but is there any type of cash crop scenario where cover crops can be helpful with weed suppression or are there just certain cash crops that are best? I think they're going to work well on many crop rotations. The research I've seen, um, there's producers using them in in tomato production, various vegetable crop production. Um, Where I see that the most um, usability for cover crops is with soybeans because there's very little yield penalty, according to the research, for incorporating cover crops into many different scenarios. And remember, cover cropping can often pay dividends over time, just like weed management. Um, It's all about suppressing weeds so we don't have weeds for the future via seed production. The next would be our our corn, grain, and silage. And corn silage provides a lot of flexibility because of our harvest dates. And because of the system we manage that, we're lifting the entire amount of biomass off the field Think about aerial seeding and interseeding silage corn and having a great cover crop out in the field to be able to graze, to be able to do some harvests off from and suppress weeds. So it's definitely a systems-based approach. If there's an area on your farm that you're struggling with weed management um, and you think cover crops may work, I I believe that they would definitely work in that system with a little bit of planning. But it it takes planning to figure out how you're going to terminate the cover crop how we're going to plant the cover crop and the cash crop um, and how that's going to work out economically. But consider the cost of overall weed control when you're thinking about how much value you could get out of the cover crop. Great. So why should growers always be concerned with using a high quality cover crop seed if weed suppression is one of their top concerns for using cover crops? Yeah, you don't want to be planting weed seeds. You can you can send in your cover crop seed to have it analyzed if it's not coming with a seed tag on it from a, a, a seed dealer. But using cover crop seed is high quality seed is, is essential. Um, it's going to give you your best value. In many cases, it's going to be hopefully um, weed free. Um, again, certified seed is going to be weed free and you're not going to have to worry about bringing contaminants to your farm. If you're using seed from a source that you're not quite so sure of because maybe economics or maybe you grew it yourself, take care of of that cover crop that if you're going to grow it for your own use, keep it weed free because you don't want to be harvesting those weed seeds. Always recommend doing the research and, and finding out where that seed has come from and the quality of that before introducing it to your farm. We've just seen so many cases where Um, it's possible to move weed seeds around in so many different ways that we want to prevent any ways that we can. Great. Where can our listeners go for more information about cover crops for weed management? 
Yeah, I work for the University of Wisconsin-Madison's Nutrient Pest Management Program. Um, and we have some resources on our website that have resources on terminating cover crops, um, seeding rates, when we should be seeding cover crops. So that's the Nutrient Pest Management Program at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. There's a tab for cover crops. Um, the University of Wisconsin-Madison Extension has a great um, resource, the Wisconsin Cover Crop website. So if you Google Wisconsin Cover Crops, that will come up as an extension website, many, many great articles on that resource. And then I always recommend the Midwest Cover Crop Council as well. They have some great resources on recommending seeding rates, seeding timings. They even have a goal in their cover crop tool for weed suppression. So that's gonna narrow down the list of cover crops that um, many of us have compiled um, data on that say work really well for weed suppression. So many great resources out there. Talk to your neighbors if they're using cover crops, find out what um, they're seeing for weed suppression, what seeding rates they're using. I hear a lot of producers narrowing in on those seeding rates and that seeding rate can make a big difference on weed suppression. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, Dan. Thanks so much for having me. I'm, I'm glad I can contribute. Once again, I want to thank our sponsor. What if you could do more in 2022? TerraSim by New Leaf Symbiotics utilizes the power of microbe technology to increase yield, improve nutrient uptake, and achieve stronger ROI, and is now available in convenient planter box application for corn and soybeans. To learn more and sign up for the 2022 risk-free satisfaction promise, visit newleafsim.com slash 2022. That's newleafsym.com backslash 2022. For more information about all things Cover Crops, visit us online at covercropstrategies.com.